39. Nothing personal word of the day. Today is Tuesday, June the 8th, 2021. And the word of the day is 39 because that's what Jared Kellenick is hitting. Oh, 39. No, I'm just kidding. 39 is the word of the day because Jared Kellenick is in an O for 39 slump. Let's rewind. I think we should start that over. Okay, ready? Here we go. 8, 10, 69. 39. Nothing personal word of the day. Today is Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. 39 because Jared Kellenick of the Seattle Mariners is in an O for 39 slump. O for 39 is not easy. You could get a duck fart. You could get a ground ball against the shift. You could lay down a bunt. When you are in a large, long slump, we would sit with the player and talk about ways just to get a hit, just to get on base, not with a walk, not with a pass ball, not with a called third strike dropped. Just get yourself a hit, anything. Change the approach. The reason why is that baseball is a hugely mental game. Do you remember Jared Kalanick? He is the guy who was the top prospect traded by the Mets for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. He was the can't-miss prospect for the Mariners. He's the same prospect who the president of the Mariners, Kevin Mather, Kevin Mather, spoke about giving a speech that they were purposefully going to hold him down. And by the way, other people don't speak English, some of his foreign-born players, and then he got fired. And then the Mariners did not call up Kellenick to start the season, even though in theory he could have been ready. But then on May 13th, they did call him up. Is this ringing a bell, anybody? So Kalanick gets brought up on May 13th. It's a lot of fanfare. He's got his own cleats made. I mean, he's, he's coming in as an immediate superstar. He hits a home run in his second game, I think. Maybe his first game. I think it was his second game. Who cares? And he was extra base hits. I mean, this guy is a baseball player. They have him hitting leadoff for a major league team, and the Mariners are trying to break a playoff drought that is the longest in baseball. I don't believe they made the playoffs since 01. It's something like that. So it's close to 20 years, but it is the longest in baseball. They were playing decently to start the season. They want to get him up, but remember how service time manipulation works. Service time is what a baseball player gets for every day he is in the big leagues, either on an active roster or on the major league injured list. If you accrue one day of service time for every day of the season that you're on the roster or on the injured list. After you get six years, six years of service time, you're a free agent. That is Yahtzee, right? That's what everyone wants. After three years, you're in arbitration. That means instead of making the minimum salary that the club tells you they're going to pay you and the club gets to decide what they're going to pay you, after three years in baseball, three years of service time, you actually get to have your salary decided by an arbitrator. So instead of making half a million dollars, someone like Kalanick, if he's good or some of the best young players in the game, can make up to two, three, four, five, six, seven million dollars for their third year in the game after their third year. So you get three years of arbitration. So the first three years are on the house. The second three years are decided by an arbitrator, and then you're a free agent. But there's a strange rule in baseball called the Super 2 rule. The Super 2 rule means that there are certain players who, if they have enough service time, meaning they've got two years of service time, plus almost a full third year, but not quite, 
they count as what's called the super two, and that enables them to be eligible for arbitration for a fourth year. So they play one year at the minimum, they play another year at the minimum, then they get arbitration, 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 then free agency. So it's always six years. The question is, do you have three years of arbitration or four years? Service time manipulation is when you want to make sure that a player only gets three years of arbitration and that you get the full six years of a player on your team. What does that mean? Well, we told you that players aren't going to be called up really good young players until around the third week of April. And it's all in numbers game. When you're called up around the third week or fourth week of April, that means that you will get extra arbitration year, four years of arbitration, but you are actually under control of your team. You are with your team. You don't become a free agent until the seventh year if you actually do the math. All of this is to say front offices are paying attention to every date of every player. When Jared Kalanick was called up on May 13th, that was done purposefully. That was done to make sure that he would stay with the team for the extra year of control, but recognizing that he would be eligible for arbitration an extra time. And they were willing to do that because there was so much focus on Kalanick, so much focus on whether or not and when he was going to be brought up. We didn't have that focus back in 2003 with us on Miguel Cabrera. So we waited until June 20th to call it Miguel Cabrera, because when you wait till June, you get that whole half a year for free, because then you get his second year in the big league, his first full year, but his second year in 04, you get him to play in 05, you get him to play in 06, and then he's eligible for arbitration. So you actually have an extra year before he would get arbitration. And that extra year is June, July, August, September, and in our case, October of 2003. Why am I focusing on this for you? Because we're always paying attention to whether or not a player is performing at the big league level. And if they're not, we want to send them back to the minor leagues in order to stop their service time from accumulating if it's going to make a difference with money. So Kalanick was brought up on May 13th, but he really should have waited till the middle of June. Kalanick is now in an 0 for 39 slump. Kalanick's manager is Scott Service. They gave, he gave a great quote saying he's close. He's good. He's in a good headspace. I talked to him on the bench. I talked to him in the clubhouse. He just hasn't had luck yet. He's not taking his at-bats into the field. Everything's okay. Jerry DePoto, the GM of the Mariners, said, I know he's slumping, but we believe in him. We like where his head is. Everything's okay. All of a sudden, yesterday, he got sent down to the minor leagues. That's a very big decision the Seattle Mariners made, and one that I vehemently disagree with but love that they did. Let me explain my train of thought and what I would do if I were the president of the Mariners. Number one, my top prospect is an 0 for 39 slump. I know that I'm sending him to the minor leagues because he's in that slump. 
I also know that when I send him down, I'm not going to call him up for a full month. Why? Because by being called up May 13th, I really wanted him to be in the minor leagues for two months, all of April, all of May, and then most of June. So three months of minor league baseball, because I don't want him to have an extra year of arbitration. He's been in the big leagues from May 13th now to June 7th. I'm going to send him down. So he's been in the big leagues. You count the days. You don't count the games. You count the days. May 13th to May 31st, call that 18 days. June 1st to June 8th, call that eight days. 18 and eight is 26 days. So he was in the big leagues. He has 26 days of service. I want to make sure he's in the minor leagues enough now because we've got all the reason in the world to send him down because of his slump. But I'm going to keep him down so that I can make up for the fact that he had these 26 days of service. So I'm not calling him back up again until June 20th plus 26 days. So let's just round it up and say July 20th. Let's say just after the All-Star break. If the Mariners are smart, and I'm not sure they are given that they sent him down today, but if they're smart, they're gonna keep him down until after the All-Star break, no matter how well he does at AAA. Now, why wouldn't I have sent him down right now? Let me be clear. I do not send down a player in an 0 for 39 slump. I wait for that player to get a hit and then I send him down. Why? What do you think he is going to be thinking about the entire time he is in the minor leagues trying to get his bat going? He's thinking to himself, I have only three or four games to get a hit when I get back to the big leagues. Because if I don't get a hit in the first three to four games, there's a chance that I will set the record for the longest hitless streak by any player of all time. And I don't want that for my young player. Do you remember that overpaid guy for the Orioles, Chris Davis, who the Orioles should have waived, but they didn't. Now he's hurt. He signed that huge deal. God knows why they did that. He went 0 for 54 in 2019. Do you remember that? Remember the celebration when he got a hit? 0 for 54, that's as hard as going 54 for 54. 0 for 54 is the longest stretch ever by any player of any age in any season at any time of the season. That's the longest hitless streak. The Mariners are now making Kellenic think about it because he only has 15 at-bats to get a hit when he comes back. Imagine he comes back for game one and goes 0 for 4. He's now 0 for 43. He has 11 more at-bats left. His sphincter's so tight, you can't shine a flashlight through it. And sending him down is for the purpose of opening it, not closing it. So what am I doing as the president of the Mariners? It's very clear. I'm telling my development people, I'm telling my manager, play Kalanick every day. Play him in the seven hole. Don't bat him lead off. Keep him out in center field or in the outfield. I don't care. Get him his four and five at-bats. And I'm telling my GM, Jerry Depoto, the minute he has any sort of hit, anything, even if he reaches on an error that they rule a hit, he does a bunt, drag bunt hit, anything off the handle that drops in over the shortstop, anything, an exit velocity of 20 miles an hour that results in a 1B, a single. He's been sent out after that game. Because then I get to go into the clubhouse and I get to say to him, listen, we want you to get more at-bats. 
down in minor leagues. You had 32 plate appearances in AAA before we called you up. We want you to go down, get plenty of at-bats, because when you come back, you are never going back to the minor leagues. I know I never say never, and I know I don't want to promise anything to you as a player, but we believe in you. You are our team. We are building a team around you, but you've got to go down and make this one for 43 or one for 40 or one for 48, whatever was the number after he got his first hit. And you have to get that out of your mind because we are starting fresh. We're starting from scratch. But the Mariners screwed it up. First, they screw with his head by saying everything's fine, which I told you we look for with a player before we decide to send him down. We look for body language. We look for whether or not he's frustrated. We look for what his approach is. But when you're over 39 and you have a chance to save money by gaining service time, manipulation by having a player down in the minor leagues for an extra month or two, and you know that you're not going to be in the playoffs and it doesn't make a difference, you get that player to the minor leagues immediately. But you also have to pay attention to the player's head. Word of the day is 39. And they took way, way, way too long to send him down. That's not actually true. If I'm going to criticize the Mariners, let me just criticize them this way. They took the wrong approach in sending him down. They gave him the wrong message, but they sent him down too early, not too late. They needed it for him to get a hit. Are we clear? Are we clear? Crystal, is there any other way? Do you know what I'm doing today, Coca? I think I'm going to buy a piece of Manchester United. I'm super excited to do it. I want to buy like a share because I want to have a meeting with the Glazer family and I want to see if they're hiring presidents to be presidents of soccer teams or football teams or baseball teams or basketball teams. Now nah, I'm just going to try to get them to subscribe. It's nothing personal, actually. I want to be in the room where it happens. I want to be in the Manchester United boardroom so I am buying a piece of Man U. Hell yeah. I'm going to wear Man U jerseys with the Chelsea jersey under it. I'm going to frame my shares of stock, the, the document I get, the certificate. I'm going to go to board meetings. I'm going to be in the media guide. Yeah, baby. All right, before you all get too excited, first of all, I'm never leaving nothing personal. Never say never. I'm not leaving right now. That was a purposeful choice of words. Secondly, did you know that one of the Glazer fit? So the Glazers own Man U. The Glazer family is a family they also own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Manchester United, and various other assets. They are rich with the capital W. Their worth is in the B, not the M. And they are not very P, O-P. You're going to be popular. I'm so happy Broadway's coming back. I just got noticed that Springsteen's coming back to Broadway. Broadway's back, baby. Popular is from a show called Wicked. Great show with Regina Menzel. Gonna be popular. Man, you is super popular. The Glazer family is not. They tried to join the Super League. It was a total cluster duck. And now what the Glazers are deciding to do is they, they're going public. They're having statement upon statement, and they all say the same thing. We love our supporters. They're called supporters over in Europe, not fans. We love our supporters. We want you to have a seat at the table. Now, one of the members of our family is selling hundreds of millions of dollars of shares of Man U, which is a publicly traded company, which we control and we own all of. But we are making these shares available to you. You, the supporter. You can just go on your website, on your app, and you can 
buy shares of Manchester United. And not just that, folks. The shares you buy are going to be the same class of shares that we own. You're going to get to have meetings. Folks, they are so full of crap that it hurts. It actually hurts me. They are pretending their supporters are morons. And we're not going to let them get away with it here at Nothing Personal. Here's how it works when you offer the public shares to something that you control. It's all optics, period. Do you think that you're going to accrue enough shares that you're going to be the type of supporter who gets an actual board seat? Do you think that you're going to be able to have any say in who the next coach, manager, player is, who you're going to get on the, in the transfer portal? You think that you're going to have an idea of what the giveaways are, what the cost of concessions are, where the location is for the beer and where the gambling, what's it called? The gambling, not an outlet. What's the thing that you have in a concession stand, but that's called something. Oh my God, Coca. What's it called? It's not a sports book. It's a, it's a, it's a place. It has a table. It has chairs. You walk up to it and you place a bet. That's called a something. OM triple G, whatever, doesn't matter the story. So you think you're going to get to do that or have any say in anything? Negative. Negative. The pattern is full. The reason the pattern is full is that the Glazers aren't stupid. You think that they're going to take the chance that somebody out there is going to all of a sudden do what's called a hostile takeover? Hostile takeover is when you accrue enough shares that all of a sudden, before you know it, you own enough shares of stock that you actually get seats on the board that you can then start controlling the board and take over the board, take over the company, and then split it up, break it up, sell it to whatever you want with it. I think the Glazers are allowing that. Who is the guy, Coca, who said he wanted to um, buy Man U? He was someone who owned some sort of media company and, uh, oh my God. Unbelievable. That's twice in one show. Come on, Coco. We talked about it on the show and we said there was no way that Manu was going to sell to this guy. He was putting a group together. I want to say his first name was Josh, but I could be wrong. I, and he owned, was it Fitbit or um, uh, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, doesn't matter. Let's go on to what Glazer is talking about. Spotify. It was Spotify. Thank you. Oh, and it wasn't even Manu. <laughs> Forget it, Coca. Just don't even edit it out. It's too damn good. The owner of Spotify was trying to do a takeover of Arsenal, so it had nothing to do with Menu. Menu is just all the supporters trying to do it. So Glazer gave a quote that said, I don't oppose fans owning as many shares as possible and building up a meaningful stake. Bullshit. He didn't tell you how that's going to happen because it can happen. He's claiming that this could be the largest fan ownership in the world, and this will help reset the relationship between the supporters and the hierarchy. Don't fall for it, folks. When you are trying to invest your money, take a look at the performance of the Manu stock over the past few years and tell me if you would have been better owning some sort of other index fund. Even AMC or GameStop. Don't buy shares in Man U because you think that you're going to make money. Don't buy shares in Man U because you think you're going to have a seat at the table in the room where it happens. Buy one share of Man U so you can frame it like you would do if you're trying to own a share of the Packers, which are also available publicly. Put it on the wall, and when you watch the game, you say, hey, I have a vested interest in this. And don't make it part of your asset allocation. I beg you. 
because the glazers are so full of it that I look, if you look right next to the cornea, right in the whites of their eyes, it's totally brown. And now you know why. Voting shares. GMAB. When we come back, we're going to talk about what it takes to make Mila Kunis ugly. And it's not easy. Glenn Close is in another new movie. And we're going to review it for you. And then we're going to talk about minicamp. We got minicamp coming up in the NFL. Sean Watson, can you hear me? Aaron Rodgers, are you there? Well, actually, Aaron, I'm not talking. I'm talking to Shailene. Hey, Shailene, are you going to let Aaron go to the Green Bay minicamp? I'm just curious, Yoko, are you? We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet of the ad drop. Thank you for downloading, following, rating, reviewing, subscribing. We've got some mailbags coming up later this week. Early next week, I can't remember when. I think Friday, Monday are going to be mailbag episodes. Enjoy those. They should be fun. You go on Apple, you write a review, and then within the review, ask a question. Thank you for following on Spotify, but most importantly, thank you for your loyalty and for giving us a chance every single day and telling your friends to pay attention to nothing personal because we're just starting, baby. We're just getting warmed up. Watch a movie every day. I really do. So it, I do it for business. I can actually deduct the cost of the streaming services. I really can. Do you hear me? Are you paying attention? Actually, if you're not watching this on the Nothing Personal YouTube channel, you have no idea what I just did. I just did sort of the thing you do to get a horse to come to you that I learned in Oklahoma City on the road trip. You have to wink your eye and make some sort of noise. I don't know if we're getting that in this microphone, Coca. Can you hear that on the on the show? Will, will this be in it? No? All right, Coca's done. I guess Coca's not a horse guy. So I do watch a movie every day. There's a new movie out with Glenn Close and Myla Kunis called Four Good Days. It's about a drug addict. Myla Kunis is a drug addict. She has been a drug addict for many, many years. And it is about the story of her getting clean. And in order to get clean, she needs to have four good days. A good day is a day when you don't do drugs. And I'm not talking about popping a Xanax. I'm talking about hard stuff, needles everywhere. Arms, neck, thighs, everywhere you can put a needle. Heroin, heroin, crack, the whole thing. If you have a drug problem, please, please get help. On a side note, having nothing to do with the movie because it's not gonna end well. And I know it feels good and I know there's a lot to escape from, especially during the pandemic. There's this loneliness that you feel and then, but it's your brain tricking you into thinking that you need it. And so the help that you need is to retrain your brain. So if you are addicted to drugs, there are numbers you can call, there are programs you can do because I promise you, 
you are a way better person sober than you are high. So Myla Kunis can't get sober and her mother has to give her tough love. Her mother is played by Glenn Close. Her stepfather is played by the man in the high castle. And I said he was the man in the high castle because I can't remember the actor's name, but he is the man, literally the man in the high castle, which is a great show. And it is a very difficult movie to watch. It is done very, very well for good days. It is a uh, Stephen Root. Thank you, Coca. That's exactly who it is. The way they make up Myla Kunis, you just can't believe it. And it makes you realize that behind every drug addict may be the most beautiful girl in the world. And I just was picturing her kids watching this, which I doubt they would, but Ashton watching this saying, wow, that is something I don't want to be around or live with. And is there anything that I need to be aware of? Because that is how good she was at acting at being a drug addict. The emotional side of it, the physical side of it, the absolute ravaging that takes place to your body, to your soul, to your family, to your loved ones, to your kids. Four good days. It is worth your time, I assure you. All right, Coca, we got to talk about Shailene. Shailene, Shailene. So you want to talk to Samson. That's from the movie called Half-Baked. If you're new to the show, you know this. Half-Baked is a movie where everyone wants to talk to a character named Samson, played by Clarence Williams, who we dedicated the show to the other day. He just passed away. Samson's dead. Just not me. So you ask a question on Twitter at David P. Samson and get into my DMs that are open to the public, and I get through as many as I can. And sometimes a question comes that I want to address immediately. If it's trending, if it's interesting, I will try to do it on the show. And this was a good one. Ready? With the Packers mandatory minicamp scheduled to start Tuesday, do you think that Aaron Rodgers will appear? And if he doesn't appear, would you fine him or not? Well, thank you for asking. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the former boyfriend of Danica Patrick, the current boyfriend of fiance of Shalene Woodley, the actress from The Descendants and Pretty Little Liars or Little Big Lies and a few other movies like Divergent or something. I can't remember. And there's some question as to whether or not Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Packer anymore. For all of you Wisconsin people and all people around the world who are Packer fans, you're, you're freaking out about this, right? Because there is a divide. Aaron Rodgers hates his GM. The president has stood up and said, there's a divided fan base. We don't know what to do here. Do we trade him? Do we not trade him? I've been very clear that Aaron Rodgers will not be traded before the 2021 season. No chance at all. He may get traded after 21, but he will be a Packer in 21. I think it may even be a wait to see Coca, but whatever it is, Aaron Rodgers is not playing nicely in the sandbox. Aaron Rodgers is pretending that he is holier than thou. And maybe he's earned that right as being on the Mount Rushmore of Packers. Is he on the Mount? Coca, sidebar. If you had to do a Mount Rushmore in Green Bay Packer history, is it Vince Lombardi? Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Bart Starr? Would that be the Mount Rushmore? Definitely Lombardi. 
would you put, you can't put Favre and not Rodgers. You can't put Rodgers without Favre. Are they going to take two of the four spots? Interesting. But let's just pretend that you put him on the Mount Rushmore. Coke, I don't know where your head is on that. And since you're not responding, it means you're either mowing your lawn or taking a crap. And that's fine. We still have like 10 minutes left in the show or 15 or 18 minutes. I know if you were whispering in my ear, but you're not even talking to me. So Aaron Rodgers is trying to change his narrative. He is angry with his GM. He's angry with his coach. He's angry with the fact that they went for a field goal in the playoffs instead of a touchdown, instead of going for it on fourth down. And he is trying to say that unless there's changes, I don't want to be a part of this. And Green Bay has said, I'm sorry. Now, in the collective bargaining agreement in the NFL, there's something called voluntary camp. And then there's something called involuntary camp. Involuntary camp is when you have to go. Voluntary is when you don't have to go. And then we go on CBS Sports HQ. We talk about it. Who's there? Who's not there? Who's in pads? Who looks good? Who doesn't look good? Give me a break. It's so ridiculous. It's like winter ball or it's like uh, the, the fall league in baseball or instructional league. You know, for those of us who work in baseball, we pay attention to that stuff. But for fans, you got bigger fish to fry. Don't focus on voluntary minicamp. But now we're up to the mandatory minicamp part of the schedule, which means that if you don't show up, it's part of your job, you can get fined. Aaron Rodgers, under his contract, can be fined $93,000. And what I don't know, Coca, is that a day or total? I'm going to have to guess that that would be, if it's total, then why would you even bother? That's like a rounding error for Aaron Rodgers. If it's a day, it starts adding up. That could be a million dollars if he misses 10 days. How long is minicamp, Coca? We didn't even, this just shows you that we're live. We are live right now. Right now. I mean, live to tape, but live. So three days of minicamp, 93 grand for three days. That's 30 grand a day. Is that what you're saying? Or 93 a day for three days, Coca? Well, I got news for you. It makes no difference. If it's 93 a day, that's 300 grand. If it's 30 grand a day, that's 90 grand. Either way, the money doesn't matter to Rogers. Aaron Rodgers is not going to show up to the mandatory minicamp because he's having a hissy fit. Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about winning a Super Bowl for you. He doesn't care about getting reps with his players. He doesn't care about getting a head start on preparing for the season. He cares about making a point to his front office that you did not let me become empowered. You did not listen to me when I said I was done. And that makes me angry. One second. Levitard, I'm filming the show. I'd have to call you back, okay? I am not interested in a player, even of Aaron Rodgers' talent, even of his fame. I want players on my team who want to be there. And if they're not going to be there, I'm going to punish them within the four corners of the collective bargaining agreement. But the Green Bay Packers do not have the intestinal fortitude to do it. You watch what happens. Rodgers doesn't show up. There's going to be talk on every talk show. Every gas bag out there is going to say, guess what? Aaron Rodgers is not at minicamp. What should the Packers do? Fine him. Not fine him. So here's how it works. If he misses minicamp, he gets fined 93 grand. Let's say he holds out training camp and doesn't show up. That's $50,000 a day. Let's say that he doesn't play a preseason game. No one cares. 
but let's say he misses a regular season game, that's about $860,000. That would hurt even Aaron Rodgers. Is it possible that he's going to be so angry that he would sit out a regular season game? NAC, not a chance. Is it possible that he'll miss a few days of training camp because he's out going glamming at an A-frame with Shalene in the woods with Miles Teller? All of that is possible because right now there's a game of chicken and I'm calling up Aaron Rodgers right now as president of the team and I'm saying, listen, Aaron, I'm not playing. Not only are we going to fine you, but on top of that, we are not going to say one word about it publicly. We are not going to get into a back and forth with you with you publicly. We are not going to talk to the media. We are not going to do anything on social media. We are going to get ready for the season because we want to win a Super Bowl. Are you with us or are you not? Because we're not waiting. That's my dream scenario to do with a player. What the reality is with the Green Bay Packers they are going to genuflect in Aaron's general direction. They are going to say that we, we are hopefully he's going to come. We can't wait for him to come. We're not going to find him. You know what, Coco? We're making that an official wait to see. Aaron Rodgers will not show up to this minicamp. That's mandatory. And the Packers are not going to find him the 93 grand because they don't want to create ripples and waves too late. They want to be nice to their superstar. Has that worked so far? It's very frustrating for me. So you want to know what I would do? You're damn right I would find him. I would go public with the fine. I would find him every day. I'd stand there at the gate waiting. <sighs> okay. We got to talk about our nothing personal pick of the day. It's actually important to me that we do. Uh. Gambling is a big deal, right? There's DraftKings, there's FanDuel, you've got apps, William, William Hill. You've got sports books, you've got casinos everywhere where you can bet. And we do a nothing personal pick of the day and I take it very seriously. We lost again last night. The Bucks absolutely sucked. I don't know what happened. Giannis just looks terrible. Milton can't shoot. The, the Nets did not have James Harden and they looked like they didn't, they didn't even belong on the same court. Now, a series doesn't start until the team wins on the road. So the Bucks lost two in New Jersey or Brooklyn, I guess. Now they go back to Milwaukee to Fiserv Forum, although that may be not the name of their ballpark. Is it? I don't remember what it is. doesn't matter. But I was so angry because we were 30 games over. Now we're 19 over. We're 77 and 58. We had the Bucks plus one and a half and we lost. And I must tell you who our pick of the day is today. The pick of the day is no pick at all. There's some times when you have to take a break when you're betting on sports, when you're doing anything too much, when you're on a bit of a losing streak, you take a minute, take a breath. If you've been doing picks of the day, we've had our ups, more ups than downs. We're still up money for the year at 77 and 58. No doubt about that. You know when you're just not going right and you feel like every pick you make, nothing's coming naturally and every pick just doesn't feel good? Don't chase Amy. And I was thinking about doing five picks today to get back to 24, 25 over, trying to go to a 5-0, and try to have a 5-0 and day, do every game on the baseball slate, take the NBA games. And then I took a breath. I took a beat. 
and I said, no pick today. I'd like you to think about it. Think about if you've been betting games every day, take one day off. See if you can. I bet you can. I mean, if you're as rich as Jeff Bezos, then I guess it doesn't matter. But Jeff Bezos would have to bet like a million dollars a game for the equivalent of the rest of us to bet $10 a game, right? That would be the equivalent. So I guess if you lose $10 in a game, you say you're fine. But what if you lose 10 games at $10? Then all of a sudden, that's a bit more money, isn't it? So Jeff Bezos is in the news today, and he's in the top of my head. How many of you want to go to space? Anybody? I think it'd be the coolest thing. I wanted to go on the, on the vomit comet. That's the zero gravity plane that takes you up in the air and they fly in these parabolas where they go up and then down and then up and then down and you get to zero gravity for a second. Well, Bezos is a part of this space thing because he's already conquered the earth. Is anyone upset with him? I don't know why people are like Bernie Sanders and other politicians are so upset with Jeff Bezos. Why? Because he thought of something before you did and he acted on it before you did. If you don't agree that Amazon is brilliant, then you're just not paying attention. And if you don't realize what Amazon is trying to do, then you're also not paying attention. Amazon is becoming a force in media. They are becoming a media company, not because they want to be a media company, because they want people to buy stuff on Amazon. That's where they make their money. All these sports rights, game of the day, Thursday football games, baseball games, Yankee games, blah, blah, blah. That's all meant so you buy Tide detergent on Amazon Prime and get it delivered same day with the Amazon Prime credit card, might I add. But Jeff Bezos, smarter than I am, smarter than all of us. Is he smarter than Bill Gates? I think you may have to be smarter to actually do the computer, but I think you have to be super smart to figure out what to do once there is a computer to make a fortune. I'm thankful to him. I can't figure out what to do about the boxes. I would like there to be drones that just deliver the Amazon stuff in some sort of bag or just put it in a box. Remember the old milkman? I am aging myself. About 50 years ago, milk got delivered by a milkman and you kept a like an ice box on your front porch and the milkman would come and drop milk off and put it in the ice box. I'd like there to be an Amazon bat box on everyone's front porch or in the front of your building if you live in an apartment building. And then a drone would come and just drop the stuff in the box. Because what a pain in the ass to break down all boxes you get from Amazon. You get out the box cutter, you break it down, you're worried about cutting your finger, you get tape on the blade, you try to figure out how to get the tape off the blade, you can't get the tape off the blade, and then you look at your fingers, you put on gloves, and then you've got to somehow get the corrugated boxes and fold them and fit them in a garbage can, put them in recycling, don't put them in recycling, then feel guilty about not putting them in recycling. And this is every day for me. Every day. Anyway. Jeff Bezos is going to space. Do you want to join him? $2.8 million. You can sit next to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? How long are we going? Are we going to the ISS? Are we going to see Terry Verts on the International Space Station? Wait a minute. It's only for an, an hour? A day? Wait, we're only going up 60,000 feet and then back down? $2.8 million? Come on. For $2.8 million, I want to do more than have a seat with you, Jeff. I want some shares of Amazon. I want definitely some free sheets and towels and other such stuff. But I also want to go to space and hang out. I want to have a meal with you, dinner with Jeff Bezos while orbiting the globe in zero gravity with an Amazon purchased camera 
that is recording everything. For 2.8 million, I want at least that, but I'm gonna need a massage as well. And I'm gonna need some autographs and memorabilia and maybe a moon rock. $2.8 million. Bezos is going to space. You gonna join him? I'm not. Well, Daryl Morey could join him. Daryl Morey has 75,000 fewer dollars toward the $2.8 million. Daryl Morey, do you remember that name? If you don't, you should. Are you trusting Daryl Morey's process? Daryl Morey now runs the Philadelphia 76ers with Doc Rivers, having been brought over by David Blitzer and the other owners of the Philadelphia 76ers. Remember he used to be with the Rockets? And remember the thing he did with China? Remember how Tillman Furtado said he's the greatest person ever, but then got rid of him? Okay, everyone remember Daryl Morey? Daryl Morey's got a problem. He has a social media problem, and I wanna help him. I really do. And the way to help him is to explain to him what he can and cannot do as a president of a basketball team. Here's what you cannot do. You cannot go on your social media and tamper with another team's player. We have to do a phone call. Let me see if I can get this phone to ring because I think I can. And when it rings, it makes me smile because someone is planning on calling me. Hello? Uh, yes, hello, hello, is Daryl there? Uh, yes, this is he. Hi, hi, Daryl, it's Adam Silver. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Um, what, what are you up to? What's shaking? You good? Um, yeah, Daryl, did you see the post that you made about Steph Curry? Uh, hold on, let me go back and look, Adam. I, I don't recall that post. You know, I've got a, a whole group of people who help me. They help me with all my social media because I've got a reputation to uphold. So I'm very, I'm very popular. I'm very important here in Philadelphia. So let me, let me just see what you're looking at. Can you specifically tell me what post you're talking about? Um, yeah, I can, Daryl. It's the one where you said join him, and you were talking about Seth Curry and Steph Curry joining Seth Curry because they're brothers. Well, you can't do that. But, but Adam, that's not tampering. I wasn't telling Steph Curry to be a sixer, but. Uh, Daryl, yes, you were. You said join him. Do you remember when I fined you $50,000 for what you said about James Harden? Do you remember that at all when you tweeted about him? Remember the one you had to pay? I know you make a lot of money, but do you remember that? I, I do, Adam, but it's not necessary to keep fining me because if I'm going to tamper, I'm going to do it off the record. Anything I do publicly is on purpose. Daryl, you're not understanding. I'm fining you $75,000 again. You've got to stop doing this. And here's what's worse. I'm finding your team, the Sixers, the same amount. I'm doing it. And why am I doing it? Because you are an embarrassment. Do you not remember China? Uh, Adam, we made, a, we made a promise. We made a promise you would never say those letters to me again. You made a promise, Adam, you'd never talk to me about China again, ever. Don't, don't mention that. Um, Daryl, do you know it's still costing us money? A year later? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, you're an idiot, Daryl. Next time, it's not going to be 75. Next time, it's going to be 500 grand. Are we clear? Are we clear? Um, hello? Hello? Daryl? 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 Daryl hung up and called his owner and said, oh, man, 
you got to pay 75 grand. Do you want me to pay it? I'm not going to pay your fine, but you have a $75,000 fine. When you run a team, you don't do anything by accident. You can come out publicly and say, oh, I wasn't tampering. I wasn't trying to do anything. You know exactly what you're doing every time you do it. What Daryl Morey was saying to Adam Silver saying, oh, I tweet so much. I don't pay attention to any of it. That's horse hockey. They pay attention to every single word that comes out of their mouths on social media, through a statement, when they're meeting with their team, when they're meeting with their owner, when they're talking to another team president. That is our job. Our, that's a dollar bet. It was my job. Actually, you know what? That's not a dollar loss. It is my job to pay attention to every word that comes out of my mouth because we're all a word away from being canceled, aren't we? We're all a word away from being suspended, from being fined, aren't we? Join him. It wasn't even good English. So my word of advice to Daryl Morey is this. You have a series to play and you're playing the Atlanta Hawks. You're down one nothing because Trey Young is probably better than any player on your team. Nah, Joel Embiid is probably better. Embiid is better than Young. But I would take Young over Simmons, wouldn't you? You have a process in place. You claim that you are, as a number one seed, should be going to the finals. You may not get past the Hawks. Why don't you focus on your team and stop worrying about players on other teams? Stop trying to be cute to get followers. Believe me, I get it. I get the dopamine. I'm in. I'm an addict also. I'm always looking to be clever. I'm always looking for clicks and for follows and for people to laugh, to laugh at what I laugh about until Coca calls me and says, that wasn't funny. And I say, that was super funny. He said, no one is going to think that's funny. I'm just tired of Daryl Morey or any executive trying to feign ignorance because they're not ignorant. And at some point they're going to recognize after enough fines, because 50 grand isn't going to do it, 75 grand isn't going to do it. If Adam Silver wants to make change and stop tampering, which by the way, everyone tampers, just don't do it in public. You want Steph Curry on your team? Get him on your team. Have Seth talk to Steph at like Thanksgiving dinner with Dell around. You don't do it through social media. You're not becoming more popular that way. You're just becoming poor. You're that much further away from going to space with Jeff Bezos. You know what you could have done with that 75 grand, Daryl? You could have been an owner of Manchester United. You never know. Hey, that's it for this show. It's done. This has been all about business. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.